I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. You can find me and follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Google+, at Lisa Evers. And what we decided to focus on in this episode are male stereotypes and mental health. We were inspired to do this show, something we wanted to talk about for a very long time, by the courage of Kid Cudi, who checked himself into a rehab facility and said he was doing it because he had been plagued for years by depression and suicidal thoughts. So his courage inspired us to get a panel together to really talk about this. And hopefully if it doesn't affect you or someone you love, what you learn and hear about in this show can help you deal with situations you may encounter or those of people close to you. So let me introduce the panel that we have right now. Joining us, he is a hip hop superstar, even in the rock and roll hall of fame, the one and only Daryl DMC McDaniels. You know him from Run DMC. He's also an author of a new book that's called 10 Ways Not to Commit Suicide. And anybody in hip hop, you know DMC. Daryl, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. We really appreciate it. Glad to be here. It's great to have you back. Also with us, Dr. Elisa English. She's a clinical therapist. Her website is AskDrElisa.com. Dr. Elisa, thanks for being with us again. We appreciate it. Thank you. Also joining us, you've seen him on the hit TV series Power. He's also an R&B artist. His latest joint is called uh, Living Foul, which you're going to hear a little bit later on in the show. The one and only Rotimi. Rotimi, thanks so much for thank being you, with thank us. Thank you for having me. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Daryl, I want to start with you on this. Uh, what made you want to write this book, 10 Ways Not to Commit Suicide? Um, well, um, I found out that I was depressed, but at the time, I didn't know I was depressed. But what had happened to me was... Um, I got depressed, then um, I found out that I was adopted at age 35, then JMS to Jay got shot and killed, then my father died. Oh my gosh. And it just hit the fan. But that being said, I was still functioning. You know, I was still making it through life. But what had happened was um, my partner, Run, he was on TV for the last 10 years with his TV show. You know, Run's house, Run's travels, whatever, whatever. And everywhere, you know, I was still alive, so everywhere I would go, people would ask me two questions. Yo, why you ain't on Run's house? And what's up with you? And I would say, yo, well, I just got out of rehab. And they'd go, what? What do you mean you got out of rehab? And I'd be like, well, I used to drink a case of 40 ounces a day. A case of 40s? Yeah, yeah, yeah I was crazy. Wow. I put, a, <laughs> I put a refrigerator in the back of my SUV so I didn't have to stop at the um, grocery stores to get out to get them. And then, um, you know, so I would say, tell people, you know, I'm, I'm going to therapy because, you know, I have these suicidal thoughts. But every time I would say re rehab therapy or alcoholism, people would go, yo, we're so glad that you didn't kill yourself or we're so glad that you helped yourself or, you know, we're so glad that you're in therapy helping yourself. But then they would immediately go, yo, could you come talk to my daughter? Could you come talk to my father? Could you come talk to my mother? Why? Well, we just let my daughter know she was adopted or my father's an alcoholic, so. Did that put pressure on you? Because there you are as a human being going through this and yet people are still seeing you as in your superstar well, status not, and asking things of you. Well, not, 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 it didn't put pressure on me. It just made me say, okay, I'll go. And I went. But what I noticed was by me talking about what I was going through, it wasn't only helping me. It was helping other people. And that's why we're doing this show. Exactly. And we're so happy to have you on. Exactly. Dr. Elisa English, how common is what he's describing, what Daryl's describing? Oh, extremely common. One in four people experience mental health or mental health disorder in this country. And so it's a serious and pervasive disease. And it's something that goes unnoticed because of the stigma. 
people are very fearful around exposing their weakness. We're all very fair, scared to expose our weakness. And so for someone like Daryl to have gone through this, he was going through a series of trauma, trauma that he really was unable to figure out how to cope. And it's very interesting that he was able to cope through helping others. And that's a very strong and powerful And a very strong statement about him. Rotimi, in terms of the male stereotypes, because a a lot of the experts I've been talking to since we decided to focus on this issue Mm. say that, you know, for men, it's really hard to admit they have an emotional problem, you know, Mm. or emotional issue or be emotional. And Mm. I think about your character, Dre, on Power, Mm. you know, where he's so tough and he's out there in this very violent scenario, but yet mm. when it comes to his daughter, when it comes to protecting those he loves, mm. you got to deal with those emotions. What yeah. do you think about that? The, well, the male stereotypes. I mean, I think um, it's the way we're raised too that it's not okay to to be soft or you know show that you're feeling some type of way about anything. But um, for me, and even for the character Dre, you can tell that um, the only reason he's doing what he's doing is to support the one thing that he actually does love. And you see that in that scene, but in terms of me, I've grown up around a lot of my friends who, you know, um, will put off this tough guy persona because inside they're really insecure about everything that they're dealing with. And we'll be able to have conversations and they'll tell me or someone that they're close with, oh, this is how I feel, bro, this is what I do. But then if somebody else walks into the room, it's like, nah, I never said that, da, 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 da. And I think it's just not having an outlet, you know, or someone that you feel is comfortable, makes you comfortable enough to be who you truly are or, or deal with your own um, your own issues. But I think even for like even for 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 me growing up, I, I dealt with some of that, too, because you had to be tough because everybody else was tough. But I said, no, that's not who I am. And you can't fall into that because you're only hurting yourself at the end of the day. And but did you feel pressured? Like you you saw those those images out there, but did you feel pressured at times? Like mm-hmm. come close to you know? No, no, never never to that extent for me um, because I always had an outlet. Like me and my mom are like really close, and I'm able to express any type of you know um, worries or doubts or anything. So I was able to get that off my chest, so it doesn't like manifest as something else. But um, no, I, but I've seen it up up close, and I've seen how a lot of my friends who are young in industry are like doing drugs and all type of thing because that's the only outlet to get them outside of their mind, you know, and to not deal with the issues. So, yeah, but not for, not for me. It was, um, I always had someone to talk to. Well, that's a good, th- a good thing, and I think that's an mm. important thing, too. But, Daryl, uh, cases, f- 40 yeah, ounces? Yeah, because um, when I went to therapy, first I went to therapy for, I went to rehab, and in rehab I discovered this thing called therapy. Mm. And... Like therapy, I said this a couple of weeks ago and all the psychiatrists and shrinks was like, yo, we gotta use that. Therapy is gangster. Mm. (laughs) Therapy is the most powerful thing that a man and any black man could ever do because you are empowered because it's you saying, I gotta help myself. Mm. So, but what I was doing was when I went to therapy, I discovered everything that I was feeling emotionally started way back in 1985 and 1984 when I first started in a group run DMC. And by me holding all of this in, I was using the alcohol. I was diagnosed as um, with su- suppressed emotions. Right. So something would happen, I would hold it in, and I would try to suppress it with the alcohol, not knowing that when the alcohol wears off, it's still gonna be there. The problem mm-hmm. comes back. Yes. Yeah, because so, it never went away. So right, the, fir- no. the first question, the suicidal thoughts, um, Using the alcohol as a false form of confidence, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying, to make me feel good and function and live up to the expectations of others and 
put Daryl to the side so I can please run and Jay and the record company and everybody around me. The first question in therapy, my therapist asked me, he said, um, D, during your time with Run DMC, was there any time that Run Jay or Russell or anybody around you, did they do anything to make you mad? And I was sitting there, I was like, <laughs> well, no, no, I was sitting there, I was like, I it's, said. It's the music business yeah, and it's hip hop yeah, and it's yeah. popping. But, so. no, but I, said, I said, no, I said, no. And I sat there, and I think I was like 35 or whatever, what I'm saying. And um, my therapist was this white older guy. He sat back with his clipboard, and he pushed his glasses up on his face, and he looked me in the eye. Right. And he said, you're a goddamn and liar. And when he said that to me, everything started pouring out from 84, 85, 86, 87, 88, 89. It, all during my, you know, running a seizure to our success, I was holding all this in. And he was saying, for instance, people would do stuff that I didn't like, and I wouldn't express my opinion. Or people would ask me something, and I would say the answer to please them. So I'm doing that from 85 to like 2000, and you know, 2000. Whoa, of course it's wow. gonna explode. So I discovered that um, I had the power 30 years ago to fight and battle and defeat this pressure, this depression, but I allowed myself to go down the cataclysmic hole because I wasn't staying true to my feelings. Okay, and we're gonna talk about how you came out of that and get our guest reaction to what you've been saying too, very powerful, and we really admire your courage and respect you so, so much for sharing this with our audience and with so many real. people. <laughs> no, you're keeping it 100. And now I know we, we not only keep it 100 on the show, we keep it, we keep it 1,000. <laughs> right, this sure. is Street Soldiers, I'm Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this. Yo, yo, what's up? This is me, DMC, in the place to be, and the only place for you to ever be is right here listening to Lisa Evers on Street Soldiers. Welcome Rah! back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're focusing on masculine stereotypes and mental health, all because of Kid Cudi's brave admission that he long battled depression and had suicidal thoughts. That's why he was checking himself into rehab. Joining us to discuss this, Daryl DMC McDaniels. You know him from Run DMC, hip-hop superstar. He's also the author of the new book, 10 Ways Not to Commit Suicide. Also joining us is Dr. Elisa English. She's a clinical therapist. You can find more about her on her website, AskDrElisa.com. Also with us is Rotimi. You see him on uh, the Stars Power series. It is, and he's a star, star on stars. And he's also an R&B artist. His latest, uh, one of his latest songs is Living Foul, which you're gonna hear a little bit later on in the show. And I wanted, Dr. Elisa, when you hear that, the role of alcohol, is that always or often in these issues of depression? Oh, absolutely. Self-medication and self-medicating is absolutely the first line of defense when you feel depressed. And so it's either drinking or faith. And it goes back to what Timmy was stating, that it's how you're cultivated as, a, as you're growing up. What is, what is it that your family teaches you about coping with, you know, um, fear and feeling unsafe? And part of it is, you know, let's have a drink. You know, you, you you can drink all of these problems away. You can pray them away. Let's go to church. God will handle everything. Not taking it out of the equation, but it is not totally, it's not part of the how you heal. Uh, how you heal is by dealing with the issue, coping with your struggles, and finding a way to manage the symptoms. And what Daryl did was absolutely phenomenal. So yes, self-medicating is extremely popular. 60% of those incarcerated are people of color, and 60% of them also suffer from mental illness. 
Mm. So that tells you that we're using the com- the um, the uh, industrial complex, the prison industrial complex, to h- house people who are also struggling with mental illness. There's many issues that way. But Timmy, mm. what what about the lifestyle? Because Daryl talks about you know, and and you know this as an artist, as mm. an R and B artist, as a as an actor, a very popular actor. You're on the go constantly. You're mm. traveling. You're all over the place. It's not like there's time. Oh, let me meditate for half an hour and get right. in touch with my feelings. You right. know, when you're on the go like that. Right. Tell no, us about that. No, I mean, again, um, too much of anything is is not good for you. So, I always try to balance it with um, with prayer, with meditating. But you also need, again, it goes back to who you're around. You also need people who are going to remind you to say, "Ro, take a second, and this is very important for you." To, to focus on yourself in this moment because you're doing so much for everybody. Like once you sign a contract to be on a show or whatever, you're signing your life to the world. So nobody, if nobody's around you to say, listen, take a step back and focus on you, you're gonna you're gonna fall. And so that's why I surrounded myself with people who who say, okay, Ro, before you do anything, before this interview, wake up, meditate for five minutes. And then start your day. So that five important. minute mini meditation. Yeah, it's very yeah I like important. that too. I yeah. think that's a good thing. Yeah. Daryl, what about the when the when uh-huh. the the therapist says puts his glasses uh-huh. up and goes, "You're lying." What what about the pressures? Do you feel that the pressures of being in the entertainment industry and being, especially in that era, like right. go, 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 yeah. and there was a yeah, lot yeah. of violence around. And there, I mean, it was a whole different, kind of a different world, too. Yeah, yeah, but in the beginning for me, it was easy because I was I went to Catholic school my whole life. I was a straight-A student, always on the honor roll, five and six stars on the forehead. <laughs> but my confidence and my power was comic books. My comic books empowered me, educated me, sparked my imagination so it made the hip-hop thing easy so in the beginning writing around was just a creative outlet you know I've always wrote about what I did I never was in a gang I never sold drugs I never in jail so I all I knew was Christmas time in Hollis Queens and, you know I rhymed about going to college you know I'm DMC in a place to be St. Young's University but after all these things became a hit it became um a scenario with 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 um this entertainment with with, with my creative skill it became you need to do this to get a hit record you need to do this you need to say this you need to be here we don't need to do nothing we need to do what makes us feel good naturally so what had happened was getting up on stage doing all this interview if you look back throughout the whole career run did all the talking run did he was the spokesman i knew my place but i was safe put the beat on i'm gonna write a rhyme and i'm going home the checks came later i never wanted to be in show business it was just fun for me but when it became a demand to you need to get a hit record i was making hit records so i don't need to write a hit record and i don't need if, if my music never played on the radio i was all you right. would have been okay with but that what happened to me was um you know i'm i'm a really nice guy so i put who daryl was so I could live up to the expectations of my partners, mm-hmm. not knowing that if I'm not right, and this goes out to everybody, if you're not right, if you don't feel good about who you who you are, what you do, where you're going, what you what you want to um, present to the world, none of your relationships, your occupations, your marital relationships, so everything started to fall apart. But instead of speaking out on what I was feeling, I just went and drunk. So Dr. Lisa, what he's saying, it sounds like you have reaction to that, because it sounds like if you're not talking about it and acknowledging it, it's just gonna build up and build up and build up until it's out of control. I mean, when you're emotionally bankrupt, you have nothing to loan to anyone else, Mm. period. So, I mean, what you're saying is basically, look, I was giving so much of myself and I really was depleted. 
I'm loaning people things that I don't, I have no real control over. Mm-hmm. I have no real control over myself. And, and about your self-esteem and your self-confidence, that's extremely critical and, empo- and powerful in terms of how do you interface with people? How do you sh- de- demonstrate your strength to others? And it's difficult to do that when your self-esteem is compromised because what you do is you begin to try to please people with things that you are unable to please them with. Well, tell me, what about that people-pleasing? Because you see some people that are people-pleasing and other people it's like, forget about it, I'm just going to do me. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's part of the job. As an entertainer, you're right. supposed to please. If you're, if you're not pleasing them, then you're not doing your job exactly. in some capacity. So. Right. Right. right, so there's that. That's like the yeah, job that's description. That's the job. So, but again, it goes back to making sure you're okay as well, because you have to split between who you really are and what you do. So, it, what you do doesn't become who you are. So, and, and also uh, the spotlight is the spotlight. I think on artists now too, and, and celebrities yeah, is never off. It's never like you, off. you can just be out to dinner, yeah. and then somebody gets on Instagram or yeah, and they, does and a Snapchat. And they don't care if you have a bad day or not. Like right. you know, if I'm eating, I'm arguing with somebody on the phone. <laughs> somebody's gonna be like, "Hey, can I take a picture with you?" And at that moment, I'm a human being, so I'm right. having something. Like I'm not in a pleasant mood. They forget that, like, okay, this he's a man, he's a guy. So if you react a different way, where it's just like, oh, he's an, he's a bad guy you know then uh, then it just is it's judgment that you have to live with well, what about that <laughs> the pressures well i mean for for me see the pressure didn't come until i said i gotta do this in order to participate when i didn't have to do nothing when you were already do doing it da- right that, and people were loving right, it that's yeah. what, so right, you're like why do i have to change yeah. if exactly. people are already feeling me yeah. exactly right. they was well, telling me i need to do things so um, the therapist had said um, you had the power 30 years ago you had two two things to do uh, one of the things I talk about in the book there was a song that I had and um, I ran a running Jay like the little kid coming to his parents proud of what I just created mm-hmm. but running Jay took it upon himself now when it was run D and J doing the first three albums it worked because it was run D and J after the successes Raising Hell was huge so huge so running Jay you know, took it upon themselves. Now, I could have changed this. They took it upon themselves to say, no, D, we know what to do. You just do what you did last year. We got this. And I went along with that. But back then, I, but when I did that, just to be a team player, I was comfortable in this world doing that. It's easy. I'm gonna, you know, I love running, Jay. Right. But inside, so my therapist said, back then you had the power to do this. You had two options. You could have looked at him and said, yo, you're going to compromise and allow me to participate or you want to do it my way or bye, I'm leaving. And the first thing they would have said was, yo, D, you gonna leave all this fortune and fame? I, sh- I should have said, yeah, I'm going home to read my comic books. Cause that's where I was at. That, that's but no- you know, mental illness and dealing and coping with life struggles and trying to negotiate. Where do you draw that, that line? Where do you draw the line? I mean, one thing, mental illness is a disease. So let's be clear, like diabetes, like high blood pressure, it needs uh, to be managed and controlled. There's chemical imbalances, there's a lot going on. You're dealing with trauma, particularly men of color mm. who have experienced all sorts of trauma, all sorts of adverse childhood experiences. They are more susceptible to, to these diseases. I 
think it's important for us to not, you know, take it out of the context that it is a medical issue. But where do you draw? But Dr. Lisa, where you're the clinical therapist, where do you draw the line between having to run a like bad incidents or or serious losses? I mean, a lot of people have had close people close to them die or or be killed. It's the same as we when we draw the line around diabetes. Sometimes we just die from diabetes when we know we had type two diabetes. I mean, at some point you have to take self inventory and say and check yourself and say, look, I'm not well. Something is not going on right here. I'm validating other people. I'm loaning people right, things exactly. I don't have. I'm giving of all myself, and then I'm in the room, huddled in a right, corner, right, like, shivering. I mean, something's not right about that. And if you have a good support system, you have people who recognize it and say, look, you may need help over and beyond what we're able to do. That's when you move on to and get And that's when you need you to need. get help. That's all right. right. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about male stereotypes and mental health. Amazing panel, amazing discussion. We'll be right back. What it do this Kevin Gates from right now? I'm kicking it with Lisa Evers. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're focusing on male stereotypes and mental health. But before we get back to our discussion, I want to play a little song for you, a little bit of Living Foul. It's by one of our guests, the one and only R&B star, Ro Timmy. Take a listen. <laughs> You went from everything that I wanted To the very thing I wanna live without I gave you everything that you wanted Yeah, kept it real with you when you shut me out Don't understand, but ever since you moved away Girl, you have been tripping on a new Acting different on a new Being distant with a new And I find it kind of crazy how you switched up on a new Tell me I ain't gotta work But that ain't I said the word out town is you out here living foul. What's the truth? Asking you, girl, you need to tell me now because the world out town is you out here living foul. Living foul, yeah, out here living. I said the world out town is you out here living foul. What's the truth? Tell me now. I'll one of our guests on this episode of Street Soldiers, R&B star Ro Timmy. You also see him playing Dre on the hit series. On, uh, called Power on Stars, and also joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers, Daryl DMC McDaniels of Run DMC. He's also the author of the book Ten Ways Not to Commit Suicide, and also joining us, Dr. Elisa English. She's a clinical therapist, and you can find out more about her on Dr. AskDrElisa.com. Let's talk about warning signs, Dr. Elisa. In terms of the warning signs, what do you think? isolation, alienation, overcompensating. And when it's in the chronic and persistent stage, you're looking at things like poor appetite, lack of sleep. Did all that. You know, you're really looking at self-medicating more than usual. And all of those are unhealthy ways to cope. Daryl, what about yeah, that? I did all of that. Um, what I was, what I started to do was um, when we was on tour, this is before Jam Master J, you know, got shot and killed. We was on the road. Um, Down With The King was a big hit. I mean, you know, the paydays were way bigger than the 80s, so it was a lot of good stuff going on, but what I would do, because 
I was in this completely other place. I would ask my manager, yo, what hotel are you staying at? And when we was touring, I would go to a completely different hotel and I would keep myself alone, keep myself away from people until it was time to go on stage. I go on stage, do what I had to do, then I go back to my hotel room. And you just had, you felt like you just had to be by yourself. Yes, because they didn't understand what I was feeling. They was telling me stuff like, you shouldn't feel like that and why do you feel like that? Cause you're DMC. But when you tell somebody they shouldn't feel like that and they do, that makes them even think worse of themselves. It makes the feeling more intense because mm -hmm. now nobody understands. Like, it's one thing It's one thing to say, yo, I feel like killing myself. And somebody says, why are you saying that you should? But I feel like that. Mm. Until you admit how you feel, you will never heal. And once I started admitting how I'm feeling and then I started to deal with that, then I was able to heal. Mm -hmm. It's feel, deal, and heal, and it'll keep you real. That's mm. right, and you will not live in that house of pain. Exactly. That's right. I, I didn't need to Jack Daniels. I didn't need to Jim Beam anymore. I didn't need to. Bye um, bye forties. Um, I didn't no more forties. I didn't have to people please. I just had to make sure that I was feeling right every time that I woke up. Right. It's selecting and deciding who it, you should have in that inner circle of love and it's not easy to decide who should be a part of that inner circle because you're looking for people who a understand you b can relate to what I it is you're going to anymore. through and will not criticize or bad that's the thing i hate it and make you feel as though it's something <laughs> oh i hate that they, they, when they say the worst <laughs> well, thing the okay worst, we hit our button this is why the she's worst, a clinical therapist yes, you saw she, she hit that button thing, like right like right like this thing, yeah. <laughs> the worst thing that you can say to a person who's feeling a certain way is you shouldn't feel like that or why but I do. And did people that? said that to you a lot, I bet. Oh, that's all they said to me. So I wanted to, I just wanted to be alone. I just wanted to be alone. But that being said, one of the things that kept me from killing myself, we came home from Europe and I get in the car. This is a true story, it's all in the book. I get in the car and the driver sees that it's DMC. So he turns around and just goes, DMC, I'm not supposed to do this. I might get fired, but run DMC, save my life, and this and that, boom, bang, bang. Aww. Can I have a picture with you? And I'm like, yeah, cool, whatever, whatever. So now he's open. So since I'm a rapper, now I'm at the worst point of my life. So he goes, can I turn the radio on, right? And I go, yeah. So he turns it to Hot 97. That was the last <laughs> thing that I wanted to hear. And I was like, please turn it to anything except that, right? So he except turns it to, yeah, I didn't want to hear, I can't rhyme no more. My voice is gone. So last thing I wanted to do, but this is a powerful story. So I said, turn it to any station except that. He turns it to Light FM. Right. And Sarah McLachlan had their record Arms in the Angel. In the arms of an angel. I heard that record, even though I was going through Jack Daniels and Jim Beam was my best friend. But when I heard Sarah McLachlan's record, that was the only thing on earth that made me say, D, you may be going through something, but if this exists, it's good to be alive. So for one whole year, every day, 24 hours a day, or I, this is crazy, all I did was listen to Sarah McLachlan's Angel. Oh my that God! Was the, and, you was know, it, the drugs couldn't do it. Friends couldn't do it. But that shows you the power. That shows you the power. The power of music, bro. Yeah, right. I was yeah, going to say it shows yeah. you the power of expressive arts, and there's right. so much literature around. You know, utilizing expressive arts as a tool for she change and journaling. You know, writing, yeah. finding a way to kind of express your pain mm -hmm. through your writing. So that was absolutely. I heard that record, that piano, and that voice. And then she said this though. There's a part in she when she says. In the dark, cold hotel room. So when she said that, it was <laughs> she was talking to you. <laughs> you were like she's talking. You were like she's talking, talking right now, to me. I found somebody that understands <laughs> what, what we're going right. through. Yeah. Well, what about that, Rodney? When you hear that, like the like a the song. Power, yeah, yeah. And again, like 
Um, for example, this is not a promo to, to the song at all, but Living Foul. I was going to ask you about that, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah, like Living Foul, like I was going through a lot. Like it was, you know, and not to the point where it was depression, but I started going out a lot. I started, you know, trying to find um, coping in different ways because I was dealing with a bad breakup. And the only thing, I, and nobody could understand me because they were all saying, you should never be with her. You should never, you shouldn't, it's your You're fault. too good for her. You're too good. You, should, yeah. you, you, put, you brought this on yourself. So nobody was giving me any help. It was just hitting me, hitting me, hitting me. And the only way I could express myself was to write that record. Mm -hmm. You know, wow. so that was the best way. Yeah, music is therapeutic, man. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And now every time she hears that song. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's payback it's, is, you know. It is. I'm sorry, I'm getting very, right, right. I, gotta get, I gotta get back on the angel <laughs> elevator level here. Nah, I took it right down to the streets <laughs> there. Sorry, guys. He didn't want to listen to Hot 97. Right, right. Right back to right. But everything <laughs> that is, everything that is emotional, everything that is soft, everything that is safe, those are the most powerful things on the face of the earth, you know. Um, like we said before we came back on, we use, especially men, we use negativity as a false sense of power, and using negativity as a power is one of the weakest things that anybody could ever do. My most powerful, look, I changed the world at 18 years old. I never cursed, you know what I'm saying? I didn't glorify violence. I didn't never disrespect my beautiful women. I rhymed about Chicken and collard greens, St. John's University, <laughs> and Christmas. It came harder than anybody on the face of the earth. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so what happened to me was, what I did was, the thing that the King DMC was Christmas, doing. Christmas, chicken, yeah, and collard greens. That could be the next book. Christmas, right. chicken, and collard greens. Yeah. But the thing that I was doing was, I was putting... Daryl, who I really am on the back burner right. to service this world. And the most important thing my therapist said to me when I checked out of rehab was, D, from now on, your truth, your feelings is that you got to get selfish to survive. That's right. Yeah. You have to get a lot of times the depressed person don't want to be a troublemaker. I don't want to put a burden on the family. They're the most giving people. They wow. think Dr. It's Lisa, what, what about that? They, no, about that? It's he a says, weak thing to that, speak about. So they hold it until they die. That's why yes. I said I don't want people to commit suicide. And the fact is, mental illness, like most diseases, uh, stress is an attributing factor to 80% of all physical ailments. So the fact that you're holding all this in, you're not really coping with it, dealing with it, you're staying away from people, you're just building up type 2 diabetes. Sure. high blood pressure and everything else and then once you get all better mentally now you're dealing with physical ailments yeah. I went to Mariah Carey's throat specialist mm -hmm. I went to Lenny Kravitz but they examined me and said we can find nothing physically wrong with your throat wow. and it wow. wasn't until I got out of therapy that I came out stronger than ever I can see. You're doing well. It's awesome. You're doing you're doing well now. That's awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. Christmas collard greens and chicken. Okay. I'm sticking with Christmas. Jack Daniels and Jim Beam can stay over there. I'm gonna get a lollipop and some ice cream. Be the most powerful thing on the earth. Go to Peppermint Park. That's what I'm talking about. Forget the club. I'm going to Peppermint Park. And we can't be ashamed. The depressed people got it. I don't mean for this to rhyme, but. If you remove oh, the ahead. guilt and the pain, <laughs> you remove the shame. That's you know what I'm saying? And okay. if you don't admit how you feel, you can never heal. Don't hold it in. Mm. If you don't admit how you how you know, we check our teeth, we get heart checks up, but we don't check ourselves. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Nobody checks up. And what's the most important? What's the what's the coolest thing that you can say to a person when you meet them? How you feeling today? Mm. 
and then and actually you listen, be able to listen say, to the answer. Well, yeah, I mean, now I'm the type of guy that said, well, if you really want to know, we're going to have to sit I'm down. I'm good. Because right. I got to let it out. I don't want to front. I was running around front doing all the down with the king stuff. Yo, DMC, the king of rock, he's a pioneer, this and that. Not knowing on the inside, this is not how I feel. You know what I'm saying? But then another thing was, I only express myself through my music. Mm. I never said nothing. But if you wanted to know about Daryl, you listen to my record. Son of Bifred, brother of Al. Banners my mother and runs my pal. It's McDaniels, not McDonald's. These rhymes are Daryl's, those burgers are Ronald's. I ran down my family tree. Those are the things that I want to talk about. But when it got to the point where, you know, um, running Jay was like, yo, D, you can't say that no more. You need to do what Jay-Z's doing or what Eminem's doing. And I did it. And then See, that's the killer were, thing. I could do was, that, but when I went home, you. right? So it you wasn't was you. living you in wasn't... a house of pain. Yeah. Right. You were yeah, you, 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 you weren't doing you weren't doing so to medicate that Jack Daniels and Jim Bean became my best friends. Mm. A case of forties wasn't enough. I was drinking a, a fifth, case of forties a, a day. I was drinking a fifth of Jack. Da no, I would drink a case of forties, then drink a fifth of Jack Daniels like it was a bottle of water. Wow. I was high twenty four hours a day. It was crazy. Oh my God. Well, we're glad you're where you're at and you're here with us now. Okay. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this. Hey yo yo yo. What up? What up? It's the infamous. Deep prodigy right here, you know what I mean? And this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, you know what I mean? And real people only on Hot 97. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. And what we're focusing on in this episode, mental health and male stereotypes. We have an amazing panel. Let me introduce them to you. Daryl DMC McDaniels. You know him from Run DMC. He's also the author of a new book called 10 Ways Not to Commit Suicide. Also with us, Dr. Elisa English. She's a clinical therapist, and you can find out more about her work on her website, AskDrElisa.com. Also with us is Ro Timmy. He is the star of Power, the hit series on Stars. He's also an R&B artist. His latest song is called Living Foul. And when we talk about the stereotypes, Ro Timmy, that are out there, especially for young men, mm -hmm. violence and having lots of women is a big part of it. Yeah, um, especially with the violence, I think, this generation for sure does not express themselves at all. So if there's an issue, it's like, oh, I'm gonna go kill him or I'm gonna go fight him instead of saying, okay, let's figure out, how, as real men should do, let's figure out how we can work this out. This is what I, this is what I think, this is my issue with you, let's move forward. But there's nobody, again, there's nobody teaching that, nobody's pushing for that and everybody is de dealing with these inner demons that they don't know how to express it. So the first thing is to get it over quick and move forward. And especially in like Chicago and St. Louis and Newark and all those areas where it's nobody's helping guide this generation really. There's and a hopelessness. Yeah, it's hopelessness, basically, exactly what it is. And then even with you know, with women again again, this generation is so materialistic that it's like, okay, if I got the baddest girl, I got this and this, it validates me as a man. And again, in college, if you go through phases of that, of course, it's natural for any you know um, any guy for sure at some point. But the sooner you break out of it, that's when you really start feeling your manhood. So it's easy with social media, Snapchat, all these things, and especially now being a, 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 a basically a new celebrity in a way, it's it's accessible. But then you have to remind yourself that this is this has no substance. This is just bringing me down. You know what I mean? So. It's a materialistic world that's just really messed up right now. Do you feel your education, having a college education, really helped ground you in terms of dealing with, with all the success and yeah. all everything that comes with it? Yeah, go on. I graduated from Northwestern University in, <clears throat> in Evanston, that's Illinois. That's awesome. Thank oh, you. Congratulations. Thank you. So, yes, it put me, it got me prepared for the real world because, again, 
I had to figure it out on my own, but I was also with people who had like the, the same mindset as me that we wanted to be successful in whatever we do. So we'll check each other. You know, if it's like, bro, you partied four days a week, you know, you got a midterm, you got to do X, Y, Z. You have those type of influences to say, okay, let's figure this out. Then you're in a situation in a, um, a surrounding where you talk out your issues. You're not gonna pull. I'm, I'm on a college campus. I'm not gonna pull out a gun on you. I'm gonna say this is what I'm gonna. This is what I, how I feel. So in those things, it, it prepared me to become a man and, and compartmentalize my time and you know express myself. And in, in terms of the images, Dr. Lisa, the 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 violent. I mean, what, how we equate a man and, and not just all men. You know, whatever their race, whatever their ethnic group. There's um, an American fascination with violence. Like the bigger the gun you have, yeah. the more damage you do, the more buildings you blow up, even if it's for you know uh, for a good cause or not, that equates with manhood. Does that play into how men see themselves? Yes, but there's also just simply a lack of value for life anymore. There's just no real value for life. We live in a commercialized society, a society that in many ways is lived through social media, virtual life. That is not the way that you are to have human relationships and bond with human beings and have a solid communication process. There's also a lack of good conflict resolution. Who's teaching you how to resolve conflict in a healthy way? You, when you look at the media, it seems like when you resolve conflict, conflict by you know popping off with a you know with some kind of you know gun or somebody something. Somebody ends up dead. Yeah, someone ends, somebody up, ends dead, up dead. But then you're you you seem validated. You yeah. seem like the person that's really doing the darn thing and that's not healthy at all. Right and this okay. conflict Whack. resolution there what what about like when you were having those feelings like I don't want to do this. I don't I need to be myself. I need what? to to do what? me and there was a right. if you had a, a way like a framework to to resolve that do you think it would have been different? Well, yeah, yeah, but all I had to do was speak up. You know right. what I'm saying? <laughs> now, let's, let's keep it real. I talk about this in the book. There was times when I would be, like, I remember one time we was in the car, and I just said, I'm going to get a gun, and I'm going to kill everybody around me and go to the mall and kill everybody. And I just said that, and, and Jay and Whoa. Ron and everybody looked at me like this, but Ron's funny, Ron's because he was always a family man. He said, D, you can kill everybody, but don't kill me, man, I got kids. <laughs> but I was serious, I just blurted it out. And, and after that day, I remember them looking at me weird. But it's funny, after I came out and said that I was, I found out that I was adopted, then I found out that I was a foster kid. So I work with a lot of foster kids, and when I go to the um, foster care agencies and the group homes and speak to the kids, I notice something about the, the young people I was in this position as a grown man, and then when I started going to the foster care agencies, I started seeing the, the kids. The kids, this is the kids' problems. They have something in them that they want to express. And the Bible's not helping, like we talked about this earlier. The Bible ain't helping, and the psychology book ain't helping either. Sometimes you gotta push that Bible to the side, push the psychology book to the side, sit down with these individual boys and girls one-on-one -on -one and says, what's up with you? How do you feel? Is there anything that you want to talk about? Because here, are, um, for any human being, here's the three outs. You feel this certain way, but you don't want to hurt nobody. I don't want to shoot nobody. So you start drinking, That's you start uh, substance abuse, or the other thing is cutting each other. You abuse yourself, or the girls go sleep with everybody to validate yourself. If you don't want to hurt nobody, if you don't want to hurt yourself, you just your only yourself. other option is to kill yourself. That's where I was at. 
um, I talk about this in the book. One time we was on the road and we did a photo shoot in like Austria somewhere and they had no guardrails on the roof of the hotel. So we did the photo shoot and my manager was like, oh, everybody man. be in the lobby 6 p.m. So we all went to our rooms because we had to be at the show 6 p.m. I waited until Run Jay and everybody went in their rooms when he was in the room. I ran back up to the roof and I stood on the roof. Now this is, I always talk about this to adults. Oh my case. gosh. I stood wow. on the roof. And I looked down, and I wanted to jump, but I like to keep it real. The only reason I didn't jump, I said, if I jump and don't die, it's going to hurt. But that was the day that I said to myself, something's wrong with me because I want to kill myself. Mm -hmm. But it's those things. If you don't have an outlet, you know, and the, the most important thing that you could do is an outlet. Some, it's a, this keeps coming out. out. This, like, this. write a song, go dance, and um, do make clay, get some Play-Doh, something. Or just go up to somebody and say, yo, I never told anybody this, but I need to tell you this. You might not want to tell your mother. You might not want to tell your brothers. You might not want to tell your wife or your husband. There's somebody in the midst of all your despair. There's somebody, no matter how far you're going, when you see that per person, that person makes you feel good, that's the person you got to go over to. Well, what somebody. about that? What about what he's saying? You know, um, I'm seeing you take Kid, this yeah, in. Yeah, so one thing I can say about Kid Cudi is that he was able to say, I'm going to check myself into rehab, okay? Right. But before Kid Cudi did that, and I mean, I'm not speaking for Kid Cudi. He can certainly shout me out and tell me what he thinks about this, but he's probably tried everything under the sun before he thought about going checking himself oh, into rehab talking yeah. to his friends speaking to his mom speaking to his family members loved ones he tried the reading the bible finding you know writing he, he even <laughs> mentioned you know there's music coming out there's a lot going on in my life that's positive right. but i'm in a dark place and that's not positive you know no, but how do you get out Let, let's talk about what are what are some of the healthy ways to get out of it we're talking about expressing yourself that's one of them not everybody dr lisa is going to be able to go to a therapist or feel comfortable going oh, yes, to they a can, can with obamacare Okay. <laughs> well, no, there are more. There are more. There are more options. Definitely. No, somebody had asked me that. Somebody was like, "Oh, Mr. DMC, man, you know, you you gotta you make a good living. What if you don't have the finance or even a budget for therapy? That's what I mean, especially to the young kids. The young you kids might go. not want to tell a teacher, might not want to tell a parent, but I, I tell a young kid, you might like the librarian. There's somebody. There's some adult or somebody. Man, somebody that, that you might want to go to just to Mr. Chow on the corner of the grocery and say, "Mr. Chow, come here." I've told nobody. Cause, but here's the power thing: when you reveal how you feel, no matter how bad it is, to whoever, 99% of the time these two things happen. Oh my God, I can't tell you. I can't believe you're telling me that because I feel like that too. Or. Oh my, this is what made me write the book. Oh my God, I can't tell you, I can't believe you're telling me that. Why? Because my daughter, I'm going to do that with my daughter. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do that. When you release it, when you say, here's how I feel, I'm depressed, I'm just substance abuse, low self-esteem. When you release it, two things happen. You find a person who's going through the same thing as you, or somebody who knows somebody going that's through that's going through. Bro, Timmy, what about what, what about what about that, that that expressive thing? Because you're you're yeah. an artist yourself. Mm -hmm. The you, you talk about you know living file was mm -hmm. after a bad breakup. Did did you feel better like after writing oh, the yeah. song? Yeah, because I got it out, and then I realized once I got it out and put it in that format. Again, like like Daryl was people saying, say. people were saying I felt that I've mm -hmm. been through that. I went through that too. Like. I can't believe I caught my man cheating, did all that stuff. So like, it's kind of like you're doing a, you're, you're being a, you're being a blessing to somebody else, but you're also being a blessing to yourself. Yep. And that was for me, getting music out and just expressing myself in that form is the best way for me.
And just have that avenue. And and I agree. Journaling, writing music, listening to music, singing music, whatever it takes. Um, Exercise, eating right, a balanced diet. All of of those things um, help to heal you. However, we must understand that mental illness is an illness. And so you cannot take the intervention, the psychopharmacological intervention out of the equation when you're thinking about health. So you're saying, so, okay, so people that have a severe mental illness. Right. That's and a different, that's you're relative. saying that's a different thing. Yes. That's a different thing than somebody. Schizophrenia and schizoaffective disorder, you cannot just tell someone, you know, I'm schizophrenic. I mean, how do you know? Who diagnosed you with that? You know? But don't, do that. Do they usually do some type of act, like some kind of action yeah, that's, to, that's right, very, biz- they that's have very a like. psychotic breakdown and they experience psychosis, delusions. They start talking to themselves. I mean, there's a lot of things that go on and um, it's very but dangerous. But that's different from depression. Well, major, de- major depression But depression you don't get suicide. cured from. Uh, yeah, you, you don't get, I mean, I went and got help. But it's, yeah. it's, it's the same way. Look, but you, I had two you feel things like going. You, I had alcoholism going and what? depression. And for me. A case you know of that, 40s and yeah, a jack you know, when, when, yeah. when the alcoholic says, I take it day by day, the same thing with depression. Yeah. So you don't feel like, so Daryl, you don't feel like. I know I was like, coming here, but then this morning when I was about to walk out my door, dread came over me and I didn't want to go. This morning. Yeah. yeah. And I had to sit down and take a breath there and say, is. you got to go, D, because you're going to help some yeah. people. I didn't want to go. So nothing so, against you, nothing against it. I didn't want to talk. You just didn't want to. Wanna, you just didn't want to talk, and you didn't want to be yeah, out. Yeah, but then I said, if I go, it's gonna be good for me. Every day since I came out, people come to me and say, D, um, I heard your story. I heard your Sarah story, or I saw your video. I saw your documentary that you're searching for your birth mother. Now my book is out. A, a guy came to me and said, D, you did for me in a day what 33 years of the, um, therapy couldn't do for me. Because what you said that's in the book incredible. was exactly what I was going through. That's got to make you feel good, though. And it's also yes. important for yeah. the relationships in everyone's life that yeah. people are aware of the symptoms, that they're not just, you know, allowing things to go and dismiss them. They right. should say to you at some point, they see a pattern of behavior that is that lacks consistency in terms of how you are as a person, and that they may recommend some kind of intervention. You cannot just sit there and just, say, just, don't okay, just blow keep, it off. Uh, keep eating chicken and collard right, greens, right, and right. you know you have type 2 diabetes. You right. can't do that. You must move forward towards some kind of psychopharmacology. And then when I started meeting other depressed people and hearing other people's stories, stories you know all of our stories are similar but there's so many different aspects to it I would hear people say stuff and go oh my god I did that I remember doing that I remember I started sleeping a lot when my son was first born and my son started calling me sleepyhead wake up Sam and my wife was like yo he's healthy this and that. I would sleep all day for no reason I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to proceed with life. That's a sign. That's, that's a that, 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 that's, that's and, definitely a sign. You know what I'm saying? And, and the only times that I would get out of bed is like, okay, let me go get this check because I got to feed the family. But I hated every, I talk about it. The book opens with me. Every day I woke up, I hated living. But it was until I identified with, Why? Okay, but right. the, but the other thing it. I just want to add is Real that quick. we do know that 80% of those who are diagnosed with depression are cured. They can be cured if they seek the appropriate treatment. Okay, that's a positive note. And Rotimi, just uh, a word from you to to artists that are trying to be where you're at right now. I mean, just don't be ashamed to express yourself. Talk to who you need to talk to. Don't be afraid to um, ask for help. And I think, yeah, 
start with that first and then identify the problems. I think that's those are three things. All right. I want to thank all of you for being with thank us. You, thank you. Uh, Daryl DMC McDaniels, you got to check out the book, uh, 10 Ways Not to Commit Suicide, Dr. Elisa English, and the one and only Ro Timmy. I want to thank you all so very much for being with us for this episode of Street Soldiers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. Let's push for peace.